listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. My friend is an author, and uh, he's got some powerful stuff available, but I was talking about daily Bible reading. That's been your thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. I mean, you've got into that. Absolutely. Uh, When I was 18 years old, the Lord uh, healed my eyes through the reading of the Word. Wow. Uh, I never heard that. I was uh, through a long chain of demonic events. I lost my vision, and uh, I had the argument that I couldn't read the Word because I couldn't see. Right. And so my mom got me a giant print New Living Translation. It had just come out, 1996, yep, New Living. And she's like, you got to try this new version. And so I said, well, Lord, if you'll help me just to read a, a page a day, I'll do it. And so I started reading the Psalms, and I was, I, it was optic nerve issues that I had. And so I would read a little bit. My eyes would get very tired, and I couldn't see anymore. And so I started reading the Word, and through reading a chapter of the Word every day, God healed my eyes. (laughs) And uh, then I got to where I was reading 40 chapters a day and reading through the Bible in a month and uh, became just a a junkie for the Word. Yeah. And it's been something this morning. I got up, you know, part of what I did, I read Nahum 1, 2, and 3 today. Yeah. And Psalm chapter 96. I love it. You know, there's something that a lot of believers, much less ministers, are not reading the Bible through cover to cover. It's true. And they're getting off in different areas because they're not getting the full counsel of God. Yes. And so, you know, uh, last month I was reading in Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. And man, you read Jeremiah and you get a fire (laughs) in you and you get ready to to prophesy. A lot of people say, you know, I don't don't have that same kind of fire. It's like, well, you're not reading the same kind of word. (laughs) You get in there and start reading Jeremiah and Ezekiel and all that. And that fire will begin to come. So yes, that's been a big thing for me. And that's why I wrote Power of Daily Bible Reading. And so like, if you guys have not gotten a chance to check this, out power of daily Bible reading. It's available right now. You can get it on Amazon and I have this. He gave me a copy and this is a blessing. You know, it's, it's insane. Like he said a moment ago, and there's the picture of it on the screen. If you saw, that's the book. That's how you can get it. Go to Amazon today in your territory, order it. Is there an ebook version yet? Oh yeah. Uh, Ebook. So grab the ebook. If you're on Kindle or Apple books, grab uh, the ebook version of that. But one of the things blows my mind, I was looking at these statistics for uh, preachers coming out of seminary. You know, they're telling us over 90% of preachers that come out have never read the Bible through all the way one time. I I just was talking to a pastor this week and uh, he has not read the Bible. And I continue, one one of the things that we do at Surge, the organization I lead is we plant pastors. Mm -hmm. And most planters now have not read the Bible through cover to cover one time. Not like in the last month, like ever in ever, their life. Yeah. They've never read the book of Ezekiel. And I know Ezekiel can be crazy and got a lot of weird stuff in it. But you know what? It's the word of God. Right. And you've got to know the full counsel of God. And so that's where part of the, the founding premises of Power of Daily Bible Reading is Every year, I'm going to read cover to cover at least once. Yes. Now, this year, like I'm doing the New Testament a couple of times, mm-hmm. but 
I'm just doing the Old Testament once because it's not easy to do it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> some years more than that. But I, I want to make sure that every verse, every chapter, 1,189 chapters are getting in my spirit and right. I'm coming across it for the Lord to speak to me through it once a year. You know, what's crazy is that, um, you know, like you said, there's people that feel intimidated by books of prophecy, yeah. book of revelation, yeah. Old Testament prophecy. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I've actually had pastors say, well, you know, I, who can really understand that stuff? Yeah. I just leave it for the prophecy yeah. preachers. Yeah. But here's the thing. I love this. My uncle evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth said this. He said, you know, when the Bible was written at the time of writing, it was over one third prophecy. God would not have put one third of this book as prophecy if we couldn't understand it. That's right. He gave it to us That's and good. he gave us the Holy Ghost who teaches us all things. Yes. And there's nothing you can't understand. There, the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened as Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And you can understand and know what the word of God says. So let me encourage you. Jump on Amazon if you've not got a copy of Power of Daily Bible Reading. Grab a copy. Grab a few and give them to your friends. And then make a challenge for yourself that I'm going to read the Bible through every single year. Yeah. You know, one of the challenges we did, I um, can't remember if it, Tiffany might remember what month it was, but if you just read nine chapters of the New Testament a day, that's the New Testament every month. Right. right. And you can, you know how one Netflix episode, you could clear out nine chapters. People Absolutely. will sit down and watch four Netflix episodes. I know. I know. And, you know, no Bible reading. I know. So I'm telling you, the Word of God is the most powerful force in the universe. Yes. yes. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 138. He said, you've magnified your word above your name. That's right. Verse 2. Mm. It's, it, that's, that is showing you. And we know how powerful the name of God is. But the Word of God has been magnified above His name. Yes. This Word is higher than any circumstance, any issue. And so let me encourage you, if you've not set yourself a discipline and, and put it in, into your life as a priority, do it today. Start yes. today. Yes. Watch and see how God blesses you just from that revelation. And Ted, let me say this. I, I've coached a lot of ministers, a lot of believers, because this is a passion of mine. Start with one chapter a day. Start in Matthew 1. Don't try to read a hundred chapters a day and just read one chapter a day. And you say, well, I, I can do more than that. We'll meditate more on it. Mm -hmm. But just uh, there's a power to limiting how much you read until you get a good discipline mm -hmm. in it. And so one chapter a day and decide how many days a week you're going to read. Like, like for me, I read six days a week. I don't read seven days a week and Sundays I take off. But you may want to do seven days or you may want to do five days a week and say, hey, every weekday. And so that's how you know how to build your plan or what you're going to do. And just every day, just that one chapter, one chapter. If you do that for six months, then you can go to two chapters a day. But don't don't just try to do as much as you can because it's unsustainable. And that's the biggest enemy of daily Bible reading is an unsustainable pursuit. Same with dieting, anything. Anything. People just going they do, crazy. They go in, they get all passionate about it. They get insane with the quantity. That's right. And then they can't keep it up. Right. And then, you know, it's like it happens with anything. You don't, don't give up. Keep on ingesting the word on a daily basis. So these tools will help you. And that book will be a massive blessing to your life. He has other books. Faith That Endures yeah. is, is available on Amazon yeah, right now. That's my So much. And you know, we were looking earlier at the New Living uh, Life Application Bible yeah, that yeah. you give to your partners. Many people don't read the Bible because they have their grandma's old King James. Right. They can't understand it. And there's nothing more spiritual about that Bible than a Bible that you can understand. 
And so the New Living is the go-to translation. Both Ted and I talked about this a lot. We're big students of the Word. If you're beginning your pursuit of daily Bible reading, get the New Living Translation. Get the Life Application Bible. Yes. Get something easy to read that helps you understand it, explains it, so that you're really getting something out of it. So you're saying King James is not the one Jesus used? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even think he spoke in English, much less the king's English. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I noticed about the New Living is uh, the Old Testament comes alive to you in the New yeah, Living. It does. I mean, it's like reading a novel. I'm reading it right now. Yeah. Like this morning, I, my Old Testament reading in the New Living, I still read the Old Testament, the New Living. It's so good. And Sometimes you too. wonder, like, why you, you read some of these Old Testament stories, you're like, why have Christian films not been made? But these stories are like so exciting. Oh, man. You know, my, one of my favorites is, is when uh, uh, Ehud goes into King Eglon with the short sword strapped to his thigh. Yeah. And then sneaks into his chambers after he comes back from the trip and buries that sword up under the fat, the Bible says, and escapes <laughs> through the latrine. Like that, that's a movie you right there. You can't make that up, man. <laughs> like why, why is nobody putting these things into movie form? But it's true, man. You've got to be on it. Think about this way. The word of God is the food of your spirit. Yeah. I love what Jesus said. Uh, when the devil was trying to tempt him to turn stones into bread during his fast, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word every that word. proceeds from the mouth of God. Thank you. Lord. What Jesus was saying was, I don't need natural bread right now. I need spiritual bread. Mm. And then he rebuked the devil for trying to pull him out of his time of dedication to the Lord. So that's the key. This is spiritual bread. It's like what I love. Uh, you remember F.F. F. Bosworth, yeah. Christ the healer? Yes. He said in that book, most Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week mm. and wonder why they're so weak in faith. Wow. You've got wow. to have the word of God. That's right. I'm excited because Joel's got a word today and I'm, I'm yes. telling you, man, I'm pumped up to hear it. There's, it's unprecedented times we're living in, literally. Yeah. You look around what's going on in America and around the world. In our lifetime, we've never known anything like this. There's without a doubt an attack on, yeah. and we, I don't think we can deny anymore that there is an attack on the church. Yeah. People tried to deny it early yeah. on, yeah. but now we're seeing it. It's obvious. We're seeing it everywhere. I mean, they're putting pastors, want to arrest them, put them in jail, fine them for just hold, tell them we can't sing in church. Yep. They're really trying to redefine how we worship our God That's right. in a country that it was founded on freedom of religion and freedom to express our religion. So there's an attack on, and I want to just set that as kind of a foundation because he's going to, um, we're going to, he's going to talk today about two deadly enemies yeah. that are attacking and stalking believers right now that we yeah. got to be aware of and make sure it's not taking you out. You know, let me, let me connect what we were just talking about and what we're going to go into. The, the word is everything. Mm -hmm. And lately the Lord has just been impressing on me the words in red what's in red, what Jesus said. And a lot of times we don't correlate what's happening right now with what Jesus said. It's like, yeah, he said that 2000 years ago. That's great. Those are good principles, but they're not preceding words, as mm -hmm. you mentioned. They're not, they're not fresh. They're not relevant. They're not quickened right now. And I've been asking the Lord to take the words in red and show me what are you saying? What is Jesus saying right now, quickened by the Holy Spirit to us as believers? And the Lord had me, I was sharing with Ted in Matthew 11, and lately he's just had me over here in Luke 12, 
And that's where we're going to be today. And I, I, I brought my Bible today. I, I like to, you know, I like to get my Bible in my hands. I like to hold it. I like to see it. And Luke chapter 12, we're going to be talking, and it begins in verse 4 with, I tell you my friends. So I, I take that to be Jesus is talking to believers. Mm -hmm. He, he's talking to us as friends. He's saying, look, th this isn't to the world. This is to his friends. He said, let me, let me exhort you today. And I, I want you to hear this word from Jesus today. He said, do not fear. Do not fear. Boy, we, we could stop right there. That's a message. Do, do not fear. <laughs> because today... Ted alluded to, we're going to talk about these two things that the Lord is saying to believers. The first one is do not fear. We've got to overcome fear. COVID has got people fearful. COVID has got people acting crazy. COVID has unleashed a spirit of fear, the likes of which we've never seen in my lifetime. In my 41 years, I've never seen anything like it. Yesterday, I was in the grocery store getting a sub at Publix. Mm -hmm. And there's people everywhere. And I had a mask on, which I hate wearing the mask. Yeah. And I would not wear the mask. No. But so I had the mask on and evidently it wasn't high enough on my nose. A guy comes from the back, the manager, and goes, I say, sir, I need you to pull your mask up. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a sandwich here. Right. A year ago, the thought of that was ludicrous, but fear has brought us to this place. That's right. Where And Jesus is, he, he's speaking today. This isn't Joel, this isn't Ted. He's speaking today right to you. And I'm talking to some people right now. Do not fear. That's it. And how, how do we do that? He said, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Or in yep. other words, look, fear is not something that you need to be worried about if it pertains to this body. Right. What you need to be fearful of is what pertains to your soul. That's it. You know, I've had all kind of health battles in my life. I've had surgeries. I, I, I've been in the hospital more times than you can count. I, you know, I, I could sit here for an hour and tell you all the things that I've walked through. And God has been faithful. He's been good. He, he's brought me out. He's brought me through. He's healing my body. He's energizing. Just the fact that I'm here is a miracle. It's a miracle, yes. It's, it, it is a miracle. But let me tell you something. I don't fear death. I do not fear death. What I fear is dying and then being separated from God for forever. That's it. And when people are walking in fear, they, they don't, they're not focusing on the real picture of eternity. Because you know what? You can't threaten me. Right. Yeah. My brother and I were laughing the other day and I said, you know what? With, with as big as mouth as I got, you know, <laughs> if, if, if we, if pre-trib is not right, right. <laughs> and we're still around for the antichrist, I told him, I said, we're going to be one of the first ones they're coming <laughs> for. I said, and I'm hoping for a guillotine. Right. Just do it quick. Yeah, yeah. Let it be, let it be over. I said, but, but you know, I don't fear that. Right. What I fear is not somehow walking in righteousness with God and rejecting mm -hmm. the blood of Jesus, the work of the cross and ending up separated from God forever. That's absolutely true. You and, know, and Ted, you can't have both fears at the same time. You can't because the thing is 
what ends up taking place is you're either looking unto God or you're looking unto men. That's right. But you can't have both. No. We dealt with this, I believe yesterday on the broadcast, mm -hmm. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse five, the Bible says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in the arm of flesh mm. and in doing so turns his back on God. Wow. You, there's a curse. So if you think men are going to protect you and you don't trust God for your protection, it's like, it blows my mind. Even with what you're talking about people, this thing sweeping through the nation and there's Holy ghost filled Christians that have got their trust in a 99 cent mask. That's right. Instead of the Holy ghost. <laughs> I mean, like I, that's why I said, I said, you'll trust, you trust a mask to save you. I got to trust God to save me from the devil and from a devil's hell, That's right. but he can't save me from a virus. Right. Like you got to make up your mind. It's one or the other. Either God can help me or he can't help me. And if he can't help me out, let's hang it up and go home and do something else. Oh yeah. If he can't, if he can't protect us, right. if he can't heal us, then why do we trust that he's going to save, save us? us? That's exactly right. And so the, you said, I like the way you said it. You can't have the fear of man and the fear of God at the same time. No. And people are walking in fear. Yes, they are. And you know are. what? It's a natural thing. It's not like, oh, you're, you're some terrible person or you're different. Everybody battles it. I know when COVID started and, and, and it first started going on, nobody really knew what was going to happen. And, and fear would try to come on me. And because of the health battles that I've had and they're, they're warning all of us, they're like, you need to be locked up. Don't see anybody. Don't go anywhere. You know, don't go to the grocery store. And when your wife gets back with groceries, wipe it all down. And, I, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Right, right. But that fear would try to come on me and I'd have to rebuke it. I would have to open up my mouth. Psalm 91, we all know it. We quote it. Right. We're under the shelter. We're under the shadow. Yeah. But verse two says, I will say of the Lord. Come on. And I, I would have to say out of my mouth, I'm under the protection of the most high. That's good. You know, you don't just believe in your heart and you're saved. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you shall be saved. That's exactly it. And it's the same with protection. Everything works that way. You can't just, well, you know, I believe I'm going to be protected. Right. You better say you're protected. That's right. You better put something out of your mouth and say, I am protected. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He mm -hmm. is my shield. Come he on. is my deliverer. He is my protector. Yeah. And my God, do I trust? And I don't look to Fossey. I don't look to the CDC. I don't look to the who. <laughs> I don't look to any of them because I've got his word. And so I choose not to fear. <laughs> That's right. And Ted, why would Jesus say, do not fear? If it wasn't a decision. Exactly right. It's and a you choice. Say, you say, Joel, Ted, I can't help it. I just, I'm a fearful person. Mm -hmm. No, you've chosen to be a fearful person. Right. You've chosen it so much that it's become second nature to you. That's right. Where I choose faith until the point where faith becomes the default mode in my spirit. No question about it. We dealt with this. The fruit of the spirit are choices. Mm. They're not something the Holy Ghost makes you do. Ooh, How many good. have known a Christian who doesn't walk in love? Love's a choice. Joy's a choice. Peace. So yes. we're talking about today. Yeah. Peace is yeah. a choice. Yeah. What? Well, here's a question. If it wasn't, why would the Bible refer to it as peace that passes all understanding? Because people will look at you in moments where you shouldn't have peace mm. and say, "How in the world is he so pierce, uh, peaceful yeah. in, in a in a situation that so has so much turmoil?" Right. I think about you know the gift of faith allows you to have peace in these situations. That's right. That's but like right. think about Peter. 
They just killed a believer the day before and it pleased yeah. the Jews. Yeah. Now they take Peter. Yeah. He's between two guards yeah. and literally so peaceful. Most Christians be up praying in speed <laughs> tongues all night. You know, he's laying between two guards dead asleep yeah. the night before his supposed execution. Yeah. And an angel comes in and has to strike him yeah. to wake him up. He was dead asleep. People think, how in the world could he sleep knowing what they're about to do to him? He's got a peace that passes all understanding. How can we go throughout our life and not fear the things of this? I told some Christians need to just rip Psalm 91 out of their Bible. Yeah, because they, they don't, don't believe they it. They don't believe it. No. <laughs> it's true. And, and you know, for some of you, let, let me say this. I am battling every day to believe Psalm 91 more and more. Amen. A, a verse that's been just in my spirit, Ted, the last month or two that I've been warring with. I'm just, I, I'm just being totally honest with you here today that I've been warring with, and it's Mark chapter nine, the father said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Right. So I'm in that place where I'm saying, I'm standing on Psalm 91, bless God, I believe he's my protection. And then doubt tries to come in. Sure. And fear tries to come in. Yes. And I have to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and he helps my unbelief as I confess that he's my protector, as I confess he's my healer, as I pro pro profess that his blood, it covers me and, and that my home is under protection and me and my wife are under protection Amen. and our family's under protection. And, and then that unbelief is run out of there. Right. And it's not just a feeling, well, I feel this or I feel that because the feeling tries to come all the time. I say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So there's, that's probably a very, very common thing. We've got a lot of believers watching. Uh, I've saw in the comments a few unbelievers as well. Yeah. Said this is the dumbest bleep that they've ever heard in their life. Mm -hmm. Let's mm. keep watching. We're going to say some stuff that's going to freak you out. <laughs> um, but but what would you say? Because I'm sure there's a lot of believers watching to us today, and they're saying, you know what, uh, Pastor Joel, I'm in that same boat with you, where yeah. you know I'm I'm trying to stand on God's word, and I'm I'm literally trying to confess the word. But there's a lot of times, man, I see stuff on the news, I hear stuff at my job, friends are saying stuff, family. And it hits me, and then I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know. This, this stuff is serious. How would you uh, talk to believers like that, saying, I'm in the same boat. What do I need to do yeah. to make sure my faith is strong like that? Yeah. Well, first, every day you need to feed your spirit the Word of God. Amen. You know, a lot of times we don't realize that your faith is like a balloon that has a pinhole in it. Mm. And every night while you sleep, it deflates all the way down. Hmm. And every morning you got to blow that thing back up. It's not just, well, I've got all this faith and it's just there forever. No, it, you know, somebody said vision leaks. Well, faith is even leakier than vision. Hmm. And every day I, I begin to envision it this way. And this has really helped me every day. I've got to blow the balloon back up. And I do that by getting in this book. Mm -hmm. This morning, I, I got in there and I was listening to the Word of God and I was reading the Word of God and my balloon is full today. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm giving out. I'm encouraging you. I'm ministering to you. I'm building faith. But listen, all day today, my balloon, right now, my balloon is going down and tonight. And then when I get up tomorrow, I need more. Right. I got to blow it back up. You have to. That's a little picture for you. Well, and, let me say this, not to cut him off, but people say, well, well, explain, explain that. How's that possible? It, here's why it happens like that. All faith and all fear is based on information. Mm. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and yeah. hearing the word of, by the word of God. That's right. But notice this, that's 
It doesn't only come that way because if it did, I'll give you proof from the scripture. If it did, every disciple who heard every message Jesus preached should have had the greatest faith in the world. That's right. Thomas had zero faith. That's I right. won't believe till I put my fingers in the nail scars <laughs> in his hands. That's right. How did he hear every message Jesus preached? The perfect preacher. The perfect preacher. And didn't have faith. It's because it's not just about hearing. It's about accepting what you hear as truth. Yes. I can hear a report and say, somebody say, oh, this, this is going to happen in the next month and you better, you better start hoarding up. You better start putting stuff yeah. away. I can hear a report that should cause fear. I have a choice now when the information comes. I can accept it as truth or I can say, no, the word of God's higher than that. That's right. And when I make a choice to say, I've received the information, now I'm putting it in the category. It's either going to be in the category of whose report will you believe, the report of the world or the report of the Lord? Mm. And what he's saying is, is that the reason that there's always a fluctuation is because new information's always coming. Right. You're getting new right. reports all the time. Right. You're getting new things right. all the time. So what are you going to do with them? Are you going to say, well, hold on. Did the thing you just heard from a doctor change God's word? Yeah. Did the thing you just heard about the stock market change God's word? No. Did the thing you heard from Dr. Fauci change God's word? So every day you and I are required to make sure we hold this above the other reports. That's right. That's right. And, and you, it requires consistent exposure, consistent, because it doesn't matter. Like I don't, I don't have a uh, television in my home and I do not watch the news, but I'll go in a restaurant mm -hmm. and, and be in there and it'll catch my eye and a negative report will go across and fear will try to just that easy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've got to constantly be immersed in the word, battling against fear by filling my spirit with faith and believing in the word of God. So you said, what do they do? Yeah. Well, you, you start by getting in the word, but then it doesn't stop there. You have to begin to confess the word. That's it. You know, uh, one of the words that the Lord gave me was Psalm 91, 16. With long life, I will satisfy you Come on. and show you my salvation. Well, I can get that verse and read it one day and go, oh, that's good. But I've got to speak it out of my mouth in accordance with the word mm -hmm. to show my faith, activate my faith and further believe it in my heart. That's good. Because you believe what you say more than anybody else. That's right. Did you know that? You believe what you say more than what anybody else said. And That'd so, be something for them to put in the comments section. Yeah, yeah. I believe what I say more than anybody else. Put it in the comments. <laughs> I believe what I say more than anybody else. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. So if, if I don't say it, if I just go, oh yeah, I read it. No, I've got to say it with long life. Right. He will satisfy Joel. That's right. And show me his make reward. It, make it Show personal. me his salvation with long life. And long life is not 10 years. It's not 20 years. I'm 41 right now. 41 is not long life. Right. I'm believing for 90 years minimum. Amen. I'm just claiming. I said, Lord, should you tarry? I want to be married 90 years and I want to be, I, I want to live 90 years and I want to be married 60 years. Come on. That's my wife and I, we, we just celebrated a decade. That's said, awesome. One Congratulations. Down, five to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, what, what you're saying is right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is where you see it. The reason he said, I believe what I say more than anything else. Look at what the, the apostles wrote here, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, yeah. according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, they said. 
And so understand something. If you believe something, you're going to say it. That's right. I don't go around saying stuff I don't believe. No. I don't go around telling people stuff that I know not to be true. What do I talk about? Stuff I believe. That's right. I believe it. And so therefore I speak it. And if you've got, and the Bible, Jesus taught this out of the abundance of the heart. Mm. What's filling your heart? Mm. See, because I like what you just said. I don't watch the news either. My wife doesn't watch the news. And one of the things that we've noticed, there are Christians, their heart is filled with every news report that's, that's right. come out in the last 48 hours. That's right. Their word of God can't even function mm -mm. out of their mouth mm -mm. because they're so filled with another report. The, the abundance of their heart's been changed. And, and this was a mistake that I made for a long time. It's thinking it's in my heart, but it's never coming out of my mouth. Mm. Rest assured, if it's not coming out of your mouth, it's not in your heart. That's good. Let me say that again. If it's not coming out of your mouth, it is not in your heart. Put that in the comments section. If it's and not so, coming out of my mouth, and you may say, it's not in my well, heart. I just don't feel comfortable saying, you haven't got it in your heart enough. That's right. You, just, you know, when a man falls in love with a woman, when I fell in love with my wife, I did not have any trouble saying her name out of my mouth to everybody that I came across. That's Amy, right. Amy, 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 Amy. Everybody knew Joel was in love with Amy mm -hmm. because he kept saying her name everywhere he went. Why? Because she was in my heart. That's right. Now, before she got in my heart, I never said her name. Right. In fact, when we first kind of started liking each other, I didn't tell anybody. It was a secret. Mm -hmm. But when you're in love, it ain't a secret. It's not honey. a secret. You, and you don't have to be prompted to tell anybody. You, anything that doesn't move and then some things that do move, you tell them about it. <laughs> and when faith, that's how you know faith is really getting in your heart. Come on. You move past disposition. You move past personality. Listen, you can't, don't quote to me your personality profile for why you don't have the word of God in your mouth. That's right. There, there, Ted and I don't have like, oh, well, y'all are extra or y'all are uh, 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 Enneagram, number this, number that. None of that matters with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Faith works in this way, and you either embrace it, get mm -hmm. it inside of you, speak it out. With long life, He will satisfy me and show me His reward. Come on. And, and I just got to say it. I got to say it. And one of my favorite verses that I've been saying that brought me out of a terrible pit last year Psalm 30, verse 2. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. Come on. And I was in the bed. I couldn't get out of the bed. I couldn't walk across the room. I was so weak and I just kept saying it. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. Yes. And my mind was going, he ain't healed you. you you're weaker today than you were yesterday. Oh, Lord, I'd say it louder. Mm -hmm. Oh, because if my thoughts were negating what I was saying with my mouth, right. my heart has not heard what I'm saying yet. Mm -hmm. You know how preachers say, y'all ain't hearing me. <laughs> well, you ain't hearing you. Right. <laughs> and you got to learn how to recognize when you aren't hearing you. And so you just keep saying it. And then before long, you start believing it. And then when you start believing it, then eventually, you know who believes it next? The devil starts believing it. Mm. He goes, uh-oh, they really believe this. And that's when he's run off. Has to. Because he has to flee. That's right. He fled from the word with Jesus. But if he knows you don't believe it, he doesn't believe it either. That's good. That's good. You know, one of the things we've, we covered recently is this, and I love this thought. If all God wanted to do was to protect you from the attacks of the enemy, yeah. he'd have stopped at armor and a shield. But he gave you a sword. Mm. 
The only reason you have a sword is to fight. And the sword, we know what it is. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. That's right. And I find it interesting that every time the devil attacked Jesus with a temptation, Jesus didn't defend himself. No. He attacked back. That's right. With the word of God. That's right. One of the things we have to learn to do as believers is when something comes at us, a, a report of this world, a report of evil, we have to, you know, by the way, side note here. When they came back from the promised land, talking about the giants, the Bible called it an evil report. Yes, it was. It didn't say a factual report. No. It said it was an evil report. That's you know right. why? Because God had already said, it's your land. I've given it unto you. Their report said, well, it's not really because there's giants there. Yep. No, that's evil because it contradicts wow. the wow. word of God. Wow. When an evil report comes to you, you attack it with the word of God and slice and dice that thing till it's gone. And that's what Jesus did. And the Bible, and I love this because when the, the Bible says, and his temptations had come to an end, yeah. I love what it said. And the devil had to leave him until a more opportune time. <laughs> that means when you use the word, you make it an inopportune time for the devil to come and mess with you. Wow. And when you attack that evil report with the word of God, it has to flee from you. That's why, like you said, speaking, it has to be important yeah. or else you're not swinging that sword. That's right. It, you know, the Bible says that this is a two-edged sword. That's right. The Bible. Yes. It's sharper. Hebrews 4. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And in Revelation, the Bible says that a two-edged sword came, came out, out of his, his mouth. mouth. Come on. And I believe the two-edged sword is when the Word of God in his mouth, that's represented mm. right here in this book, and the word in your mouth, the sword, the tongue, the sword in your mouth come together. It's come a double-edged sword. The devil cannot stand against Can't it. Can't deal with he it. He cannot fight against it. It goes this way and that way, and he cannot stand against it. And so we're talking about fear, this first enemy that believers are facing. And many of you today, you're realizing, man, there's an area of my life where I'm facing fear. I'm battling with fear. And, and we're equipping you, we're encouraging you, and we're not just, we're not just getting you all fired up. Right. We're telling you, hey, get Get the word in you yeah. and get it coming out of you. And it begins to create a momentum where when you say it, you hear it, you believe it. Come when on. you believe it, you say it, you hear it, you believe it. And now you're talking about an unstoppable, what began as a pebble at the top of the mountain <laughs> is an avalanche That's right. in the valley. And now you've overwhelmed the enemy completely. Right. And the victory is yours. And fear right. is vanquished. You know, it's exactly right. And it, it's funny how we understand this happens in the evil realm. You hear any of these stories about serial killers, all these people that got yeah. into this life. Yeah. They always tell you when they're interviewed, well, it started with me just doing one little thing. Yeah. Started with me having one little thought. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to do something to an animal. And then all of a sudden the evil's not enough anymore. Right. They got to go to another level of evil and then another level. It's the same in the Holy Ghost. Mm. You'll start manifesting the power of God. It might start small. You might just speak in tongues in your own prayer closet. Yeah. Then you come out, so much faith's built up, you start laying hands on people. Yeah. Then before you know it, you're winning souls on the street. And then that's not enough. And when you see what God can do in your personal life, that's not enough. You go to another level. Yeah. And you just go from faith unto faith. Yes. Victory unto victory. Yes. Grace unto grace. It never stops increasing. That's what our, this has literally been our confession. Never ending increase. This is a year we're confessing violent mm -hmm. increase, violent. expedited favor wow. in Jesus' name. And that's what happens. The more you do it, the more you get hungry for more. That's right. That's right. It expands. So fear is something I believe the Lord is speaking to the church right now. Yes. And say so, because globally, 
Uh, we're all facing this pandemic. Part of what I do planning churches around the world through the Surge Project, we're talking to pastors every day. And I mean, this thing, it, it's everywhere. And the, the far reaches of it are beyond what historians will only be able to take in the magnitude of what's happened. Not so much because of the virus, but because of the fear of right, the virus. the fear. And, and the, there are people, literally we have pastors in India and they're saying people are starving to death by the thousands because they won't let them go outside. And they don't, it's yep. not like in America where you go to the grocery store with your mask. Right. They're just starving to death. And way more people are dying from starvation than the virus, which is ridiculous. Crazy. But it's because of fear. And Jesus is saying, fear not. Look at verse 32. Fear not, little flock. He's talking to the church. He's talking to you and I, those who are believers. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Come on. To give you the kingdom. Notice he did say it's your father's good pleasure to give you a stimulus check. Mm-hmm. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's an eternally minded perspective. It says, hey, we are in the kingdom. We are under the king. We're under the protection and the auspices of the great king. And I will not fear. I have no fear of what man can do, what a virus can do, what the government can do, because I fear the Lord in yeah. a healthy, reverential fear. Come on. And God is my source. And that's the first thing today that we're just taking and just bow, putting smack down on. So the first enemy stalking believers that yeah. they've got to deal with directly is fear. That's right. It's fear. And the Bible even tells us, I mean, I love what Paul wrote to Timothy and he told him, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's right. The reason he was saying that to Timothy, if you read the stories of what was going on with Timothy in the church he was pastoring, Timothy was battling some fear and some unrest in his own, in his own life. Mm. He didn't feel he had what it took to minister to that congregation. Mm. Paul said, don't let anybody despise your youth. And he said, number two, don't forget that there's an impartation given to you that came through the laying on of my hands. That's right. That's and right. you had family impartation, yeah. your mother yeah. and grandmother. Yeah. He said, so let me tell you, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. So understand this today. You're not to be controlled by a spirit of fear. In fact, if we're going to want to get real heavy on them today, the Bible <laughs> says in Romans 14, 23, anything that does not proceed from faith is it's, sin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I either believe him or I don't believe him. That's right. There's no in between with him. That fear is the first thing that has just got so many believers. Now, there's another thing from this chapter. Yeah that I feel like, and this fear is more of a thing that we deal with pastorally. I think a lot of the flock, Jesus says, fear not little flock, you're doing flock. But then now there's another thing that Jesus is a little bit more, more hard towards. Okay. He's a little bit sharper and more of, Jesus represented all five of the offices mm -hmm. and more of the prophet comes out in this next thing that we're going to deal with. And that's in verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he goes into the, the parable of the rich man. And at the end, he, he said to the rich man, God said to him in verse 20, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Mm -hmm. Now, fear is the first one. And I always like to use a letter. And the letter of the day is F, fear. 
is the first F. The second one is foolishness. Yeah. There's a lot of foolishness going on. Absolutely. Right now. now I want to go back here and this, let me, let me just, let me just give you some context on this and let me break this down for you, unpack this and, and we're going to get into this. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. There is a spirit of covetousness on this generation. Mm. Everybody wants what somebody else has. That's good. Come on. And it's coming under all kind of different banners. And, and I'm not going to start calling names and get everybody sidetracked on this. And that. But let me just tell you, when people want what other people have, that's covetousness. Yep. When they say, I deserve what you have, or you got what you got unfairly, so you need to give it to me. Right. Jesus is warning right here. And, and a lot of what Christian and, and people who have, they have good intentions, but they call it social justice, but it's not. It's not social it's justice. It's a pursuit of social equity. That's right. It's saying, we want everybody to be equal because we don't have as much as them. And so therefore they need to give me what they have. Right. We're seeing this in, in my hometown. The mayor wants all the people in the south of town to give everybody in the north side of town everything they have. It's just a full on Crazy. communistic, socialistic goofiness. Based out of covetousness. And it is. It's a, and they say it's fairness. They say equity, all these words. Nope. But it's not biblical. Nope. And it has nothing to do with justice. Right. They use this term social justice. Yes, God is a God of justice. We take care of the orphans and the widows and all. But this group over here that makes 30,000 say to this group over here that makes 300,000, you need to give me half of what you have so that I can have what you have and we're right. equal. Jesus wants nothing to do with that. That's exactly right. You know, I saw a pastor <laughs> off his rocker, supposed to be an educated man, preaching online that in Exodus, that the plagues were protests. Mm. The guy was protesting Pharaoh. Yeah. And that when they left with the gold and silver, that was reparations. Yeah. But let me tell you something. If you truly believe that, first of all, that's taken scripture so far out of context, you might as well be a plumber. But if, if, if you really believe that, then let's do it the, the way Bible says it happened. Yeah. They didn't take by force what the Egyptians had. Yeah. They didn't set up laws to make it where the Egyptians had to give them their right. possessions. Right. They merely asked them. Right. And they said, sure, and gave them because God did it. Yeah. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. It was a miracle. He changed so, their hearts. We, you know, if that's the way you're going to think about it, if you honestly want to twist scripture that hard off of what it actually says, then do it the Bible way. I guarantee you won't. I guarantee you won't just ask. And when, we, when people say no, you'll be satisfied with their answer. If you're going to do it, do it the way God did it. Yeah. <laughs> Let God do it. See, here's the thing. Let God be the one who blesses you. Yeah. Because what happens is the moment you start coveting other people's possessions, you'll begin to do things that are unscriptural to get them. Wow. And, and here's wow. the problem we battle is that when you start coveting other people's possessions and you're willing to go beyond what you should be doing to obtain what's theirs, here's what you're actually doing. If you're a Christian doing this is you're stepping outside of your own God-given purpose. That's yeah, right. That's a danger we have in the social media world with, with ministers and preachers and churches. Mm. They, we see all everybody's highlights on Instagram. Yeah. Well, I want my church to be like their church. Yeah. I want, well, he went on TV. I can go on TV. Yeah. But if God didn't tell you to go on TV or if he didn't tell you to plan a church, right. or if he didn't, don't do it. 
Only do what the Lord tells you to do and don't do it because you saw someone else do it and you want it. Mm. Because now you're trying to steal a vision. Now you're trying to be covetous of somebody else's calling. Right. And their blessing doesn't fit you like it fits them. Right. And that's the dangerous oh, part. That's a good word. Your, your blessing doesn't fit them and their blessing doesn't fit you. Yeah, I don't want their coat. I want my coat. Jesus said here, this is Jesus now. Yeah. This, this isn't Joel, this isn't Ted, this is Jesus. If you're just joining us, Luke chapter 12, and, and Jesus said here to them in verse 14, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And many, many believers have turned Jesus into a judge and an arbitrator, or they've attempted to. He's still who he is. He doesn't change whether you want him to or not. Mm -hmm. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, I'm not here to be a judge and an arbitrator. He's not the one. He, Jesus' job is not to, to settle disputes. He's not a labor dispute uh, uh, negotiator. He, he's not here to stand between this group and that group. And listen, the whole issue that we're dealing with right now, that it's, it's been completely blown out of proportion of racism in our nation is because Christians aren't loving their neighbor. That's true. I don't need to be educated about white privilege. Right. And I don't need to understand this and that. I need to love my neighbor as myself. Right. If I love you as much as I love me, racism doesn't matter. Right. And the standard of the New Testament is so high. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The law and the prophets all rest on this. Mm -hmm. Now, he had to give us 1,189 chapters to figure out exactly how to do that because we're in a fallen state. Right. Otherwise, it would have just been, hey, love me and love your neighbor, and boom, it would have been done. Right. But we're fallen. That's why we need all this, and we still can't get it done right. Mm -hmm. But as believers, there's so much animosity that's going on, even in the church, because of a lack of love, and accusation and hostility, even one towards the other in the church. Mm trying to fix problems and making more problems, trying to fix problems. And this is such a good passage right here. Jesus said, look, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm healing the sick. I'm setting the captives free. Come on. He gives his, his whole mission statement in Luke 4, 18, preaching the gospel to the poor, preaching the year of acceptable favor of the Lord. He said, that's what I'm doing. And this guy said, tell my brother to give me some of his money. And Jesus said, listen, friend, I don't get into that. Mm -hmm. That's not why I'm here. You're missing the whole point of what I'm about when you get over into that. And so many believers are so caught up in different things that are not the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the world has made it sound like it's the most important issues out there. No, it's not. No, my it's friend. not. It's not the most important thing. The gospel is the most important thing. And, and here's, here's something hard. People have been mistreated since day one. It's true. And they're going to be mistreated till Jesus comes back. Because of the fallen state. Up. We're in a fall. You're never, if you spend your whole life trying to make everybody equal and have perfect justice, you will have wasted your life, my friend. Let me tell you something. If we, if we honestly, even just in America, if we gave everybody an equal distribution of wealth today, yeah. tomorrow there'd be multi-billionaires and there'd be broke people. That's right. Because it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. But look what, what, what Brother Joel's saying here. Something I want to read to you. Paul wrote to Timothy with a prophecy. This is straight Bible prophecy. Second mm. Timothy three, one, listen to this. Understand this in the last days, there'll come times of difficulty mm -hmm. for people will be lovers of themselves. Wow. Lovers of money, yeah. which is what he was just talking about. Yeah. 
proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. That's where we're at right now. Unappeasable. Unappeasable. You can't appease them. Can't appease them. You say too much, you've gone too far. You don't yeah. say enough, you haven't said anything. You're not using your voice properly to speak right. out on equality. Right. right. Unappeasable, slanderous. We're living in that day without self-control. Mm. That's where they're at. Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's wow. where we're at. Wow. We're seeing all of those things in 2020 and, right and now. And what was the first one? The first one is this. They would be lovers of themselves. That's the whole problem. And you know what? I'm not on a soapbox today saying, I got this all perfect. Y'all better get your act together. Neither should we as the collective church act like we're perfect and look down and condemn the world. But let me tell you something. When I have the love of Jesus. Right. When I'm walking in love for others, then I don't have to worry about doing things that are injustice, mm -hmm. things that are inequitable. I'm following the love of God. Mm -hmm. I'm loving others and, and treating them in the way that I want to be treated. Right. And, but when we start loving ourselves, then we start loving money. We yep. start loving pleasure. All the other loves follow the love of self. It's self-idolatry. Right. And we're going around, and here's something the Lord's been speaking to me about, is that we are trying to find righteousness now in everything but the blood. Wow. Yeah. And so for some people, this, this self-renunciation or faux repentance from white privilege is how they're seeking justification. True. Oh, I'm saying something you right now. Come on. And I know some people ain't going to like it, but I don't care. Hey, say what you want on this channel. For some people, they're seeking justification <laughs> through pursuit of medical protocol. That's right. Yesterday, my, my wife and I were dying laughing because there was a line at the grocery store six feet apart, but then the person that was in that line at the <laughs> counter had to turn around and pass you. Right. It's like, well, what good did that do? You know what my favorite is? Six feet apart to go to an, there's like multiple ATMs, yeah. but the dots are actually two feet apart. That's right. Yeah. I know you're standing here, yeah. but six feet this way, right. but two feet. Because you know like, the virus can't go sideways. No, it's it goes back. But, but you know what that is? That's, that's man's attempt at righteousness. Yeah. We put all these rules in place, but they're actually laughable in the pursuit of true righteousness. Absolutely. But man, we've got people now where a mask is their righteousness. That's right. They feel more righteous than you because they have a mask and you don't. They look down on you. They judge you. They condemn you. They rebuke you. They correct you. It's become its own religion. Yep. And Dr. Fossey is the high priest of the medical protocol religion, I call it. And everybody has got their mask and they're worshiping at the altar. Uh, uh, and the vaccine is the ultimate end of their religion. And, and there's all these things that they've developed a whole religion overnight. And they're pursuing justification through medical protocol. Did, did you know this? Did you know that there's a nationwide, <laughs> really a globally known pastor? who's actually uh, said to the church, what we need to be doing is fasting and praying for a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we can have faith for that, why can't we just fast pray and pray for healing? for healing? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, that doesn't make sense to me. Why are we fat? So think about this logically, folks that are watching. I'm going to fast and pray so that man can be my help. 
Yeah. That doesn't make sense. You might as well keep eating. Yeah. I was like, it ain't going to speed that vaccine up. One what bit. in the world? I mean, why can't we fast and pray for what the Bible talks about divine healing? Cause here's the deal. Mm. If we fast and pray now, we know the Bible says our God is a jealous God. Yeah. Wants all the praise, glory, oh, and honor. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the question. If we prayed and fasted and there was a vaccine provided, if it works on our bodies, who gets the glory? Yeah. Not God. The company, the corporation yeah. we paid to develop Pfizer. the vaccine, right? <laughs> or is it, or is it heaven? It won't be heaven. No. It won't be God. No. They'll say, what? Are, like Cuomo said in New York, oh, God didn't do this. Yeah. God didn't put the numbers That's right. down. That's right. We, we did. put the numbers down. That's what'll happen. You, fa- you keep fasting and praying for a vaccine. I'll keep fasting and praying for the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Come on my body in the same spirit yeah. that raised yeah. Christ from the dead. Yeah. Quicken this mortal body yeah. and make me whole and keep me whole. Amen. And, and Ted, we're seeing a, a culture that's rejected God. They have. But innately longing for justification and righteousness. Come on. And they're longing for it. They're just, look, they've rejected the authority of the word of God and the one way, Jesus, and they're making another way. And I'm telling you, all this, this gender studies and white privilege and all these things are whole worlds of pursuit of justification that are hollow and empty and only lead to more anger, more rage, more frustration, more yep. hostility, more hatred. People are murdering people now. That's They're right. burning Bibles. They're doing all these things in a pursuit of their own righteousness and it's in the, the ultimate cult of self-worship. Yep. And they're looking for righteousness and justification that can only be found in Christ. And I, I know for some of you, this is a hard word. For some <laughs> of you, 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 you maybe never heard this. You can't believe that this is being said. But the truth of the word of God, you just allow the Holy Spirit to bring illumination into your heart. And I'm not saying this today to you in a judgmental way. I'm not saying to you in, the, in an angry way. I'm saying this to you in love. And I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. This isn't my opinion because my opinion is no better than anybody else's opinion. Jesus said, Jesus didn't even give his opinion. Mm-hmm. He said, I only say what I hear well, my I hear father, father say. That's and right. that's everything I do. I try to say, what is my father saying? What, and this is what he's saying to me. He's saying, everywhere I look, people are pursuing justification and righteousness outside of the made way through the tree of Calvary. Come on. Everywhere I look, I see it. And to some, their whole life is consumed with mask and medical. And they're, they're running around <laughs> with gloves on. And, and they're doing all kind of weird stuff and wiping down milk cartons in their homes. And, and doing, I, one, one lady, I know she was in her home for three months. Yep. She wiped down everything from the grocery store. She didn't see one person. She was depressed, suicidal, and wanted to die. And then she went to one birthday party and got corona. Yeah. And by the way, she was fine and she lived and nothing even happened. Well, think about this. We had a person where my dad lives that got so fearful yeah. when all this hit. Yeah. They actually went and hung themselves. That's how scared oh my Jesus. they were of what was going on. Fear will kill you. Fear is a killer. You know, when we fear things that haven't even happened yet, it makes us take actions based on things that haven't even happened. They might happen. We don't know if they will, but we're now taking action steps on stuff that hasn't even happened. And it's a killer. It'll cause you to make decisions outside of faith. And we walk by faith, not by sight. That's right. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. And when you don't, and you allow fear to come in, 
you start getting foolish. That's exactly you it. You start looking foolish and acting foolish. I, I saw last night uh, uh, um, a commercial, a presidential commercial with Biden and Harris with masks on. Right. And, and I'm like, the day that we live in where we have presidential nominees wearing full face masks where they look like they're about to rob a bank. Right. I, I, I can't believe it. And it's because fear causes us to begin to look foolish and That's do right. foolish things. And, and I'm here to tell you, now listen, I, I, don't, I don't want you to be get misunderstand me. There are people who've got bad uh, lung issues and things and they, they we're not need condemning to, people. No, we're not condemning. If you feel like, you, you know, but if you're a healthy person and you're <laughs> running around not only wearing a mask, but correcting everybody and rebuking everybody and fearful and correcting your relatives and family and on Facebook going crazy. There's some of you on the comments today. You feel like you need to correct us. Man, get in faith. Get in the word. Right. Get in love. And forget about that foolishness. And let's let's see the faith of God in, in operation because that's where his power is. That's where it is. There, there ain't no power following fear. You know what's interesting? This word has never changed. No. It has never changed. No. Never, Jesus said the heavens and the earth will pass away. My that's word right. will never that's pass right. away. That's right. Do you know the CDC's report has changed multiple uh, times? Multiple and will. Do you know Fauci's report has changed multiple, multiple. times? Multiple. Do you know the World Health Organization, their report has changed multiple times? The CDC had to come out and actually declare, what was it, last week, that the numbers of people in America that actually died of only COVID yeah. is like 9,700 people. Yeah. Not that had no other conditions but yeah. that. Yeah. So they had to drop that all the way down. Yeah. They've changed so many times. First, masks aren't good for you. Now they're good for you. Now they're not good for you to wear them yeah. too long. Yeah. This has never changed. People are so quick to receive a word from an, an infa a fallible, uh, ineffective man or, or system, yeah. and they won't receive Contradictory. the word that's infallible, which that's is right. God's word. That's right. I mean, it takes more faith to believe a corporation than it does to believe God. Mm. And so if you're a Christian, that's what I'm saying. I know there are people on here cussing us out that aren't even Christians and think we're nut jobs. You, you got your own thing. You, you better wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. better wear a mask yeah, you and need a shield to wear a mask. and get an asbestos suit because yeah. you're on, to a, on your way to a very hot place. But let me tell you, if you're a Christian full of the Holy Ghost, you ought to trust God first above yeah. everything else. Yeah. I should believe him because here's you use the word foolish. Mm. Think about this. If I say this word isn't true, like I said, rip Psalm 91 out of your Bible. Yeah. If you say this word isn't true, then what you're saying is God doesn't exist. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. God. He is this He's word. this book. So if you're saying this isn't true, what you're saying is God isn't true, which you're saying God doesn't exist. And the Bible says a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mm. It's foolish to say God doesn't exist and his word isn't true. And Jesus, I believe, is speaking to us today, our society, our culture. He's saying... If you don't get your eyes off what everybody else is doing, mm -hmm. he said, I, I'm not here to be your judge and your arbitrator. He said, and he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. I've got to guard myself against covetousness. This, this guy right here, I've got to guard against it. Looking over the fence at what someone else has got. What's going on over there? I, well, I need that. Well, it's not fair. They have this. They have that. You know, we live down here in South Florida, and, and there's, there's $5 million yachts oh, everywhere. Everywhere. There, you, you know, 
there's, there's mansions, there's, there's private jets, there's so much. And you can start thinking, well, you know, they, they probably did something wrong to get that. Or why can't I have that? Or, but we have to guard any of us, he said, can become, for, listen what he says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. We are the most prosperous, technologically advanced civilization mm -hmm. the world has ever seen. Absolutely. Yet, we're the most ingrateful, spoiled, entitled, miserable, frustrated generation on the face of the earth right yeah. now. Yeah. Why? That doesn't make sense. Right. We, Louis XIV was the richest human being on the planet 300 years ago, and he lived like a pauper compared to the way the middle class family in America lives. Yeah. He didn't have running water. He didn't have a toilet. <laughs> right. He didn't have hot water. He didn't have air conditioning. He didn't have a car. The average person lives better than the richest human being on the planet did 300 years ago. And yet, we're burning, we're looting, we're rioting. They were, this other day, there was a whole crowd of people chanting, death to America. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, this awful place we live in. Yeah, crazy. I'm going to tell you right now, God bless America. I love America. Come on. You obviously haven't been to India. Yeah. You obviously haven't been to Africa. That's right. I've traveled to these places and to the slums of Rio de Janeiro and, and all of these third world countries and places. Just go to Mexico. Just go across the border and see how terrible. America is. Yeah. It's not. It's a land of paradise and opportunity. And no, there's not perfect equity. No, everybody's not treated perfectly fair, but that's never going to happen till Jesus returns and sets his kingdom in place and the new heavens and the new earth. That's exactly right. And boy, this is not, this is not a popular word, but it'll set you free. It will and set you free. And many of you have been on a crusade. You, you, instead of winning souls and laying hands on the sick, you said, well, my calling is social justice. I, I'm challenging you today to re-examine that. Absolutely. Re-examine that call. Because if you can't find it in the mission of Jesus, and it's not requiring the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and it's a bunch of fighting and backbiting and hostility on Facebook, God has not called you Come to on. that. He has called you to be anointed by the Holy Spirit to minister the gospel and anything outside of that. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't feed the poor. I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of the elderly. Right. But I'm telling you, all this stuff that we put under the banner of social justice right. is just a distraction from the souls of man that is perishing and we read it at the beginning. I'm going, do not fear those who kill the body. And after that, have nothing more they can do. Right. I warn you to fear God who has the authority after the body is dead to cast the soul into hell. That's right. That's who we need to fear. And that's why we minister. We're ministering the gospel to people to prepare them for that which is to come. Absolutely. And today, Ted, I believe the Lord's setting some people free. He is. Well, look at, look at Jesus. If you look at his time that he lived, were the Romans, had they not besieged Israel, had they not taken over, Caesar set himself up, were they not oppressing the Jews? Yes. They were oppressing them, taxing them. Yeah. So let me ask you, how many opportunities did Jesus have to set the Jews free from that oppression of, yeah. The, yeah. did he ever do it? No. no. Did the no. disciples and Jesus ever protest Caesar and the Romans? No. Never. No. Did they ever do anything in that time to try to throw off Roman oppression? Never. In fact, the, the disciples thought Jesus would. 
They thought he was going to set did. up a kingdom yeah. and to drive them out. They said, when are you going to set your kingdom up? He said, you don't even understand why I'm here. And, and, the, and the apostles still thought he was going to do that in Acts 1. Yeah. He, he still had to say, no, you, I'm not doing that. You don't understand. He said, I got to leave here. Right. You know, and so if you look at Jesus, who is our example, who lived in a time of oppression, think about that, a time of heavy taxation mm. just because they'd conquered him. Right. Jesus never spoke to that. Render unto Caesar things of the Caesars. He didn't say, no, you should throw it off. This is oppression. We don't. Yeah. No, he didn't ever do it. No. He focused on the gospel message. That's right. He focused on the souls of men and women. That's right. He focused on the problem of sin and sickness. Yeah. And he did what the Lord, his God, his father sent him to do. Yeah. And that is to destroy the works of the devil. Same thing we're doing today. He said, the works that I do, you shall do also in greater works than these yes. because I'm going to be with my father. Yes. The same destructive force that Jesus had against the kingdom of darkness is in your body today. You have the power to destroy the works of the devil, to win the lost, heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. Mm. You've got the power to do it. You have to make up in your mind. I'll not be controlled by fear. Yep. I'll not be controlled by foolishness. No. I'll not be a covetous person trying to take what's not mine, what God's not given me. You ever heard of Bishop David Oyedepo over there in yes, Nigeria? Yes. He said something that like it's it's freeing. Yeah. He said, if God can't give it to me, may I never have it. Uh, if God can't take me there, may I never arrive. Wow. And if God didn't tell me to do it, may it go undone. Mm. That will set you free. Wow. Because you can get caught up doing a bunch of stuff God never asked you to do and run yourself ragged. That's right. Covetousness. That's right. Want to do like somebody else is doing and look like somebody else is looking. And Ted, let me ask you this. These people who are burning and looting and demanding this and that. Are they ever going to be better off because of that? No. No. If you, if you want God to bless you, focus in on the gifts, the abilities, the strengths, the talents that God's given you and use your faith. You say, well, you don't understand. I'm disadvantaged for this and that. Listen, you know, I, I've been a dialysis patient for 25 years, three days a week. Yesterday I was there in the clinic for five hours hooked up to a machine. I've been in the hospital. I've had at least a hundred surgeries. If anybody could say, I've got an excuse to just sit back and, and live off the government and not do anything and woe is me, it would be me. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I made up my mind and said, you know what? I'm going to go for it with God. Come on. I'm going to save souls. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. And I've had times, I remember Dodie Osteen was dying of cancer and she was going to the cancer wards at MD Anderson and used to lay hands on people. They were getting healed and she was dying. Mm. But God touched her and healed her. Yes. And I have done that same thing. There have been many times where I needed the Lord to touch me mm -hmm. and I would lay hands on somebody and they would be healed. And I'd Come be on. like, Lord, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, but it doesn't matter because there's sitting around whining and complaining about somebody else having money and you not is also like sitting around whining and complaining that somebody else has health and you don't. Yeah. Is it going to help you to whine about them being healthy? Mm -hmm. No. Go out there and get you some vitamins and exercise <laughs> and get you some faith teachings and believe God for your healing and walk in divine health. And so people are missing it. 
They're getting all caught up in causes that are not the gospel cause. That's it. They're not a kingdom cause. Look what it said. I read it earlier. Some of you just joined us. Fear not, little flock, verse 32, Luke 12. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's it. He's given you the kingdom. He's given me the kingdom. I can't worry about the size house you're in and the car that you're driving and how much money is in your wallet and, and whether or not your parents gave you a good start and sent you to a private school and, 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 and all of these things that everybody is all caught up in. No, I've got to pursue what God's called me to do. And I'm using everything I've got to lay hold of the promises in this book for myself so that I can walk in victory and be a blessing to others. Come on. And that we're, we're having to just, we're bringing alignment today. We're, we're saying, hey, drop the fear, drop the foolishness, be on guard against all this wackiness that's going on out there and do exactly like you're doing right now. Tuning in to Miracle Word Network, getting the word of the Lord, getting fired up, whether you're watching live or you're watching a replay of this, you're watching this on YouTube. I believe and I know because I've been in ministry for 20 years, I know when the anointing is flowing and Ted, there's an anointing yes, there that is. is flowing right now to set the captives free. You're a man. You're watching. You're addicted to pornography. You feel hopelessly bound. Jesus is the answer for you. Get in this book. Be sanctified by the washing of the word. Get accountable to some men. Get in a small group. Get open. Bring it into the light. Don't try to fight it on your own. But don't buy the lie that you're different and you'll never be free. That's, That's right. a lie of the internet. The anointing is here. There's healing going forth. There is faith for favor. I love what you're confessing this year, a year of favor, a year of increase, a year of acceleration. That is how we use our faith and get off of the narrative of the world and back on the narrative of the word. I'm saying, I feel that anointing you're talking about. I want you to do me a favor. There's so many people that are struggling. Yeah. They're battling this fear. Yeah. Like I said, that woman that hung herself, the people that are just literally locking themselves in. Mm. Would you take a minute, pray, yeah. cast that spirit of fear off people today yeah. and pray that that, that foolishness, that covetousness that's tried to come on yeah. God's people, yeah. that God would shake them out by the fire of his spirit yeah. of that, what the Bible says is a prophetic end time heart condition. Yeah. And get us back to, we need to see souls saved, people healed, people changed by the power of God and do what we're called to do in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, right now we pray for people. They're on there. I see them commenting. I see them tuning in and they are hungry for a touch from you. And right now you said where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of Yes. Them. And they're watching there. We're right here. There's several here in the studio with us. We're gathered here and I feel the presence of the master here in our midst. He's here to touch. Jesus, the yes. deliverer is she here today. Jesus, the healer is here today. Jesus, the savior is here today. Some of you may have been watching and at first you were highly offended by what was being said, <laughs> right. but in your heart, you knew that truth was being spoken. And now you're questioning the things that you've been thinking and doing and saying maybe for a long time. And you're ready to open your heart to the Jesus of the Bible, yep. not the Jesus of your imagination, not the Jesus of Hollywood that goes around with blonde hair and blue eyes, picking up birds out of trees. No, Jesus of the Bible yes. who gave his life, who was a mighty man 
who, who loved each and every one of us so much. Amen. And he is here today to touch you. And Lord, I just thank you. You are touching people, yes, men Lord. and women and young people. I thank you. You're touching elderly people who are watching, who have been fearful with COVID. That Lord, they would stop fearing death and began to put their faith and trust in you. That you are their source. You have them and that they are in your hands. I thank you, Lord, for healings. I thank you for people who are bound by alcohol, by drug addiction, yes. by pornography, that today they would be liberated. They would be like the woman in Luke 18 that was set free. I thank you, Lord, that every person that's watching and listening who's releasing their faith right now is receiving whatever they ask from you. And Lord, we thank you that your blessing is overtaking people. Goodness and mercy is following them all the days of their life. We speak life and health. We speak favor over them today. And we cancel out the fear that is coming nonstop, 24 hours a day, the Jesus. barrage of fear. And we release the pure stream of faith because without faith, it's impossible to please you. And Lord, today, I know you're pleased by Thank what's you. been spoken into the hearts of people. I know you're pleased by the response of faith in the lives of people. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you believe and receive that prayer, throw some fire in the comments section. Yes. Let us know you're standing with us and believing. Listen, I got an exciting announcement for you. You, you need to hear this. This is one of the reasons I'm so happy. This man is touching the world with the power of God. He's, he's not just a Holy Ghost fire preacher. He's an administrative genius as well. And I've, I've known that so many things God's used you to do. Amen. Tell them real quickly yeah. about plantapastor.com yeah. and surgeproject.com. Yeah. So uh, as you can see, uh, my shirt, Surge. Uh, Surge Project is a church planning organization that plants spirit-filled, self-replicating churches around the world. That means they are Holy Ghost churches and they plant other churches themselves. We don't just plant them and then they live and die in their you know, walls of their church. No, we want them to multiply. Jesus, uh, God said in Genesis 1, multiply and take dominion. Yes. And we can't just add a church here or there and think we're gonna finish this thing. We gotta multiply. So uh, I lead an organization where we do that all over the world. We partner with churches, individuals, business leaders, to plant pastors everywhere. This last month, Ted, we planted 18 churches around the Come world on. in August. Four of them were in China. Wow. Underground churches that we planted. One of them was in India. Two of them were in Mozambique. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, there was Brazil, Nicaragua, Cuba, South America's on fire. Africa's on fire, Asia's on fire. We plant in Eastern Europe, we plant in Europe. We're seeing churches planted all over the world. And so you say, how do I, how do I be a part of it? Your gift, no matter what the size, $10 or 10,000 will help to plant a pastor. You can go to plantapastor.com, plantapastor.com, and you'll see a number of pastors there who are in the process of being funded. And what we do, we give $3,000 toward each one of those pastors to support them for one year. And that gets their church going, gets them thriving. We've done this now. We've planted over 13,000 churches around wow. the world this way. And our goal is to put a healthy, spirit-filled, self-replicating church in every community of the Come world. On. Hundreds of thousands of them are in our heart. We're birthing. But we need your help. Go to plantapastor.com today. Give an offering, small or great, 
plan a pastor. In fact, many times they're right near what they need. Maybe they need $100, $200. The Lord may move on your heart to finish it out and see them fully funded so they can go and plant that work somewhere in the world. And it, the, the testimonies are incredible. We could talk all day today. Sure, that's amazing. Right now, a personal project of mine, we're planting 13 churches outside of Puebla, Mexico. Wow. Up in the mountains. There's 65,000 people in these 13 villages and they don't have a single church. Wow. And we just got the Pure money for the first field. one. And we're about to plant the first one. We already have the pastors. Thank you, We Jesus. just need the money to go. The first one, the money was just given by a pastor friend of mine. We're going to plant the first one. And from there, we're going to go down to all the next 12. So however the Lord leads you, uh, Surge is an organization. We give everything to church planting. We don't keep any of it. We have a benefactor that pays for the overhead. Yep. Everything you give is going to go to global church planting and Come the on. finishing of the Great Commission. That's amazing. So, I mean, as you can clearly see, there couldn't be better ground to sow in, in no. than this. And I want to take a minute at the end of this broadcast today, and I want to encourage you to sow a seed. I want to bless Pastor Joel Stockstill, and I want you to sow a seed today. Very easy to do. Those of you that are watching, you can go to miracleword.com. You can sow a seed right on the website. If you're in the comment section of Facebook, Twitter, or Periscope, you can use hashtag donate right in the comment section. Sow a seed right there. Obviously, we uh, Cash App is available, Venmo, PayPal. It's all on your screen. And you can take a moment and sow that seed. Every single dollar that you sow today, we're going to sow into Pastor Joel Stockstill. I believe in this vision. I believe in this man of God. And I want you to take a minute and do something significant. See, here's the thing. Time is running out. Jesus said in John chapter nine, this was or in, yeah, John chapter nine. This was 2000 years ago. We've got to work while it's yet day yeah. for the night is coming where no man can work. Mm. And so if it was close in 2000 years ago, time frame, think about where we're at in 2020, mm. the last grains of sand are falling through the sand dial in heaven. The trumpet is getting ready to sound. And there are people who don't know Jesus all over the world. This is the thing we need to see take place. Not only churches planted the gospel being preached, but men of God like Joel and others that are doing the work of the ministry. Amen. And I, listen, I honor him and I thank God for his life and his dedication, his ministry, his whole family. You're a fourth generation Pentecostal That's preacher. Right. That's right. And God's blessed you. That's right. And, and I thank God for it. And so I want to encourage those of you that are watching, take a moment right now, go to the website, sow a seed. And so into this man of God and what he's doing to change this generation before it's too late. And I'll tell you, it will. What I tell people is this. The gospel is a limited time offer. Mm. It's a limited time offer. Mm. It's not going to be available forever. Mm. There's a day coming where the trumpet will sound. Mm. I don't want to miss heaven on that day. Mm. I want to see Jesus when he comes as my Lord and Savior. And I know Thank you do. Lord. But others Thank need Lord. to hear this message that we have. Yeah. And so take that moment. Sow that seed. Here's what we're going to do to be a blessing to you. Every person that's sowing this month at $85 or more, my pastor released a powerful book uh, entitled Speak to the Void. It is an, uh, talking about everything you see was created from things you can't see. Mm. And you have the ability, like God, to speak a word into the void, the thing the enemies tried to create, chaos. And you speak that thing back into order by faith in Jesus' name. This is going to be our gift to every person sowing $85 or more this month, the month of September. And then for those of you that are sowing a, a $1,000 seed or more, we're going to give you not only that book by Dr. Uh, Rick Thomas, but also 
uh, a limited edition copy of my brand new book. Brother Joel wrote the forward to it further faster, how to accelerate your purpose through the force of impartation, as well as this beautiful genuine leather life application study Bible, one of the best study tools available right now. It's now become the best selling study Bible in the, in America. And this is a genuine leather copy, new living translation. This will be a massive blessing to you. Great addition to your study tools for, for your scriptural study. Just to say, we love you and we appreciate you standing with us. We want to bless this man of God. We love you so much. Don't forget, go to plant a pastor.com plant a get involved, see what you can do right from your home to see the gospel preached around the world. I'm going to tell you something as you do what you are called to do in your purpose, it pushes the kingdom forward. We need every believer on deck, ready to work and see the work of the ministry take place. Thank you, my friend. Oh, it was a pleasure. I Thank love you. you. Love you, man. You're a powerful man of God. Hey, I love you so much. Such a blessing. And uh, we love you so much tomorrow, Friday. Listen, I want to encourage you. Meetings coming up all through September. Starting Sunday, we're going to be with our mutual friend, Pastor Jordan Work, Billings, Montana. Wow. Right after that, Evansville, Indiana. Right after that, Botkins, Ohio. And uh, it just continues on. I want to see you guys there. Go to our website, miracleword.com, and look at the schedule. Get involved. Grab a plane ticket. They're cheap right now. Get a hotel room. It's a great time for a road trip. Let's get in revival. I want to see you there. And it's going to be powerful, man. We love you guys so much and appreciate you. I'll be back again tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m. I think as we go out, we got a little believer size. We got a little believer size for the people watching. Let's end with some believer size. Here's an old crazy video that Christians made in the 80s that I think you'll love. Have a powerful day. We love you. We'll see you again soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.